just ready for shows and concerts to come back. Yep. And like, yeah, kind of like what you were saying. I don't know if we if it's in this episode, but yeah, we haven't really talked about that. We do play in a band together. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, for majority, I mean, for I mean, damn near half. We've both individually played music for like half of our life. And I think that's the same for you. Right. Yeah. Like, since I was probably like 16. Mm hmm. Yeah, 16 yeah. or 15, 16, 17 was like when it all began. Yeah. For me. So yeah, we all like same. We've all been out of that uh that fix of that's our shit. Like that's our thing yep. that we do. Like mm-hmm. we enjoy going to shows, we enjoy mingling with that crowd and like yeah. traveling the chances that we can and it's been just for every other artist it's been it's been tough. Yeah. Like when Kobe very first hit it was like I feel like so many elements of my life that were like normal were like missing. Mm-hmm. But then slowly it was like, okay, like let's get back to the world a little bit. Let's get a job again, you know, and like let's socialize in moderation again and, you know, just see people. Now, literally, the only thing missing from my life is live music and shows mm-hmm. and being active and touring and doing shit like that. Yeah. And, um, that's like, even, even since the very beginning, that was the thing that I wanted most, you know what I mean? It's like all the other shit, whatever, but like music is like my like bread and butter, you know yeah. what I mean? That's like what fills my, I don't know. That's just what excites me the most. So it's mm-hmm. like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And, and it's something you really, you just can't, at least in the way that we are talking about going to shows and experiencing like live underground music, like very community driven, mm-hmm. very specific genres. Like you can't, you can't digitize that in any kind of way. Right. I mean, like we, you know, like our, our band, the tooth, like we did a live stream type of deal and it was cool. And like, I think it went well and people watched it and they liked it right. all of that. But it's like, this isn't anything close to being there in the room being there like where the actual energy mm-hmm. it's just like it's tangible and the more people get added or you know the more that there's community present the more that like that um you know just like those experiences with the music like they mean more yeah and that's you can't replace that mm-hmm. in, in in any other way except for like the real thing being there with real humans mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a tragedy. I mean, I feel bad for the. I mean, I get it's us, so I feel bad for myself. <laughs> like we right, can, but right. I mean, I, I like I'm fine. Like I'm sad about it, but it's just like I'm I'm in a different phase of my life where it's not everything in my life, and mm-hmm. it was at one point. And so, like for those people who are in that phase where they're like full time, full on focused, You're right? Like that's. That's that's why I just feel terrible, you know, because yeah. yeah. everyone, you're already pulling the losing ticket if you want to play right. music or yep. if you want to play the type of music that we play. Like and you're now already it's like non-existent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're already signing up for you know, bottom bunk of <laughs> just like yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. it's an uphill grind. Like from without COVID. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it was already hard. Yeah. Now it's yeah. like, yeah. what the fuck is anybody gonna do? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about um, Sledge's new EP? I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Let, well, let so this is your third release, right? 
I guess technically it's the fourth because our very, very first release was just single. Oh, yeah. Mm. And then we did the EP and then we did a two song like promo thing and then we did uh, Pitch Black Night. And so it's the fourth pretty much. Cool. A fourth official release. Well, I guess, I don't know. We released a single from the EP that we just did. So we've released music five times, but as a chunk of music, it's the fourth. Okay. Yeah. So cool. D- so did you record this like during like 2020, like during the... Mm-hmm. And everyone shut down. Yeah, we yeah. started in September. Um, me and Eric started writing the whole EP when, well, the first song was done like maybe 2019. It was done in 2019 or 2018. I can't remember which year it was, but the first song was done way back when. Him and I linked up this November or December of 2019, and then we wrote the rest of it. And then started recording it September 2020. So okay. we were, COVID was like already happening. Right. And it was kind of weird because like I had to go in there and yell into a mic and I'm already freaking the fuck out. And so like I can't record with the mask on, mm-hmm. you know. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it took us like a couple months to record just because we got really picky and blah, blah, blah. And there was a lot of shit that we needed to do, like samples and fine tune it or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, COVID was already in full swing. So. Nice. I listen. I listen to it today. I re-listened to it mm-hmm. actually while I was working out, which was perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's sick. Super sick. Uh, no, I mean, and I really, obviously, I really like it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I was thinking about what, like, I I know what your influences are. So mm-hmm. personally, uh, just because I've known you for a while, but like, if I hadn't, um, if I didn't know you, like, what were my what would my thoughts be of it? Right. And, you know, like I really do hear, even if I didn't know you, like I hear that aspect of like uh, new metal or just like mm-hmm. 90s, like yeah. metal, like corn type of, like there's just a, a, a few of these parts and vibes and beats kind of sprinkled in there that's right. really reminiscent of that in mm-hmm. a way that is cool. But it's also like, I think not everyone would pick it up. Mm-hmm. Like it might right. sound kind of unique to some people, but for me, I, that was definitely like a tangible. I think what a lot it. of that comes from too is because like that's like what it was like growing up was like all like the alternative and like metal stuff like nineties two thousands, and so at the at its deepest level, it's just like so etched into my brain. And so mm-hmm. like I feel like there's a lot yeah. of kids who like are just now discovering those bands and they'll pick up on like the really obvious stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I've been doing this kind of music for my whole life or like been a, an, a, like a member of that audience forever. So it's kind of like, I feel like I have a, a sharper ear toward that kind of stuff. So I'm not going to do shit that's so blatantly like a rip off, but there's stuff that I'm like, so sub- excuse me, subconsciously like influenced by, or that comes out subconsciously. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? And it's a little bit more subtle than like, you know, just it being like a blatant rip off of shit. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I don't know. I mean, even outside of sledge, all the music that I've written kind of has that bouncy pulse to it. Cause that's just my favorite shit. I like stuff that makes you want to jump and mm-hmm. you know, just stuff that sounds good when you're riding in a car or whatever, you know what I mean? Stuff that just feels good to listen to. Yeah. And so being able to put that in, what like before a pitch black night came out it was like a lot of like metal core like breakdown music and blast beats and all that kind of shit just throw some bouncy shit in there too yeah. and then it'll be like my musical handprint mm-hmm. on it as well because like i never wrote any of the old stuff but i wrote a lot of the new stuff with eric 
Yeah. Oh, okay. And so it's like, okay. Cause yeah. well, like back then it was like, I tried to get him to like, let me write with him. Mm-hmm. And he was a little bit more like, this is my role. And you know, you have your role or whatever. But then this second time around when we got back together, it's like, okay, I have ideas. Trust me with them. Right. And then this was just the product of it. It's like all his shit, which you can tell what he writes. And then, you know, like you saying like, you can kind of pick up on where like I peek in, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so. I can definitely tell after learning, because I played bass on our last tour with you all. I played yep. bass for Sledge on that tour. Like, and I learned all the songs with Eric. So like, I can really, I really have an ear for what parts Eric yeah, wrote exactly. or what, what I can right. tell. And, but then I could also tell that like, okay, there's, like I could tell that there was some idea sex happening there. Mm-hmm. That like yeah, there's some sure. some other people's riffs mm-hmm. snuck yeah, their way in. Definitely. And that's good. That's where the best stuff that's how best stuff gets made. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the natural progression of a band being together for more than probably like three years. Two yeah. years. Something like that. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, you it it does seem like at first it's like people have their roles. Right. It's like when everyone's kind of getting into the groove of like, okay, this is what the band is. Yeah. And you're kind of figuring it out. And then once you kind of get your own method down of how you stay in your lane, it's mm-hmm. like you start wanting to kind of blend it. And right. that, I mean, that's happened with the tooth too. I mean, you write yeah. songs, Vinny writes songs. Like v- Vinny's written most of the riffs over the last few years. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of just naturally, but that's just because, like, we, there's no there's no boundaries for us. Like, no one, there's no rules like mm-hmm. on who writes what. But it's more that just Vinny, he has like a lot of energy and ideation. Yeah, that that he is really good at tracking and recording and mm-hmm. iterating on. And like <laughs> me and Chris have had better days with that type of stuff with like, right. Right. Like actually de- like we'll always come with riffs, but like developing them and like putting them together and like actually getting a real song structure together. Like that's, that's a weird thing. Like how you can't really learn that. I don't know. Like mm. that's a thing that you just have to figure out. Like you have to listen to music long enough to mm. know like what's an appropriate smorgasbord of like, riffs and sounds and beats mm-hmm. to put together to where it makes sense enough but like sounds natural sounds real mm-hmm. um and that whole process like it's so dynamic with every band yeah i think the cool thing about that too and like i know that both of our bands can relate because you say like Vinny writes some of y'all stuff he's coming to you with riffs that a drummer would write. So he's like yeah. coming with that perspective. And you know, like or if you were to write riffs for the tooth or mm-hmm. I were to write riffs for sledge or whatever, it's like, okay, like, you know, Eric has all these ideas over here, but this is what would feel good to me singing over. So yeah. here's a riff that I wrote, you know, like, and finding a way to be cohesive with all of it is the hard part. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like for me personally, to make it all blend and to make it all make sense to where it's not like, okay, this is like, so black and white between one part and the next or one writing style to the next is, you know, you you want it to kind of blend really well together. And that's the tricky part, but it's cool. Like hearing other people's ideas as far as like, okay, this is how Vinny would write as a drummer. This is how he plays guitar. Mm-hmm. And Eric's always said the same thing to me too. Like, he's like, you don't play riffs like you're a guitar player. You know, you play them as like somebody who has an idea on the guitar, but it wasn't like, I'm not like a skilled, I'm not like a riffer, you know what I mean? I can't play riffs, but I just have ideas and that's how they come out. And then, you know, he goes in and makes it what he's going to make it or whatever. But Mm -hmm. it's always unique ideas as like somebody who's like not 
you know, a guitar player or a bass player writing bass player or guitar player parts, you know, yeah. like, and I, I mean, know. I would argue that's what kind of pushes people outside of the box that is heavy music. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's yeah. kind of what gets people that, that I've, in my opinion, that's what gets people on that. I don't know. Yeah. Pushes them outside of the box that yeah. we are in playing heavy music. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Cause it is so unique and it's not heard before. And like usually people who are writing riffs, I mean, they have such a, uh, they have big influences that kind of pave the way for metal music. Right. So it's like easy to kind of like play exactly like them, which mm-hmm. is, there's nothing wrong with that. Cause right. like shredders do be shredding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's great yeah. to listen to, but it's always also cool to hear, uh, just something fresh, something mm-hmm. new, something that, I mean, that's what catches the most ears in my opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, and I, like on that too, I feel like, and this definitely happens a lot with metal that pe- people like learn their instrument, learn their instruments by only learning other people's songs. Mm-hmm. Like they'll be yeah. if, like your average, I, I don't know this, but I almost feel like the average person that's into metal is someone who just wants to play other people's songs. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they're really inspired by, um, the music itself and want to like create and iterate on that mm-hmm. or combine. Yeah. yeah not, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's like, there's just like that classic, you know, you go in a guitar center and there's just that 12 year old kid yeah. who can just shred. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, Metallica and guns and roses all day. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, it's like, can you, could you write something of up? your own? Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. Do that? Like, I don't know. Yeah. That's just coming from the perspective of like, performers and musicians mm-hmm. you know who create shit you know mm-hmm. so yeah like like you said there's nothing wrong with that but we're just know. elitists in our own way yeah no we're better than everybody for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're Good way point. fucking better than everybody <laughs> we've talked about this before like mm-hmm. last summer uh, yeah. a lot about like your lyrics and everything but is it would you consider it kind of a concept piece like uh it it's meant to invoke like a feeling or like a scenario yeah, loosely. I mean, cause like, it's called a. I had so many different ideas, and I kind of don't even even after it's done, I don't really know how well how well I did like putting all my ideas together. Mm-hmm. Cause the songs went through so many phases of like being written and then being rewritten as something completely different or whatever lyrically at least. But by the time it was done, I mean, I knew that I wanted to call it a pitch black night without headlights, and it's like okay, like. How about I write all the songs about things that I would think about on nights that I would drive without headlights? Cause that's a real story. Like everything in the EP is pretty much like spot on to like shit that I've actually been through. Hmm. And so, um, from song to song, it's just like, okay, like eyes take the shape of stars in my sky. That's about like paranoia. You know what I mean? And that taking over the whole worldview, you know, instead of like looking up at the night sky and seeing stars and it being beautiful, you just see eyes and you feel Mm -hmm. it all the time. And then detonate is kind of like has a dual meaning, but it's just a really pissed off song. And then, um, you can hear the horn start to blow. Um, that's about somebody that I is close to my life. They have like a pretty existential like i guess religious fear of like the second coming of christ Mm. and so i kind of wrote about their fear Mm -hmm. and how Mm. it's sort of influenced me or how i can relate to that fear Mm -hmm. and um yeah that's pretty much because like i don't know um i just wanted to make the ep about like conversations that i would have with myself because like i'm i just like 
I'm in my head all the fucking time. And so when I was going through a lot of these things that I was going through in the songs, um, you know, just kind of like summing it up into one scenario, like, like mm-hmm. a pitch black night with the headlights. These are all the things that I'm thinking about talking about feeling. And so is it a concept mm, loosely? I guess, you know, mm-hmm. it's not very, it's not really tight and put together, mm-hmm. but it's just, um, they all take place in like the same moment, okay. you know, I guess. Yeah. No, that's, that's cool. I, uh, I, I hadn't really heard that, but mm-hmm. like, I kind of got that vibe and like, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll never forget like you telling me that you have this, you like listen to certain songs when you're in certain places or you have like yeah. a low, you have a location yep. like, uh, just like songs or location playlists and stuff like that. And just imagining like, I don't know, there's something about, uh, especially here in Oklahoma where things are just like big and empty and there's long roads and you drive home on the highway and there's no other cars and you can just drive without your headlights and it's dark as as fuck. And like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's, it, it is a certain type of vibe that's like really, like I felt, I felt that that was pretty clearly communicated. Yeah, like, and just as, to it. yeah, and just as much as I was telling you about like my like musical, like there's like locations and like songs for those locations. There's a location for the EP too, like where that takes place. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not ever going to tell anybody where it's at, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, like there there are just there are spots that mean a lot to me, and a lot of that comes from music. Most of it comes from music. And it's kind of cool because I've like, there's spots all over the city that I'm like, okay, that this spot reminds me of this song. So I'm going to listen to it when I go there, you know, and that's like everywhere over the city. And now I have songs that I've written for places in the city too. So I want to make a fucking map of just like different parts around the city. Like, okay, you listen to this when you're here, you listen to this when you're here, you listen to (laughs) sledge when you're over here, you know, like Mm. whatever. It's just like a, Honestly, yeah, Dude, you could, yeah, you could make good idea. You were, as you were explaining this, my mind is turning on how how you would like use GPS location to figure out like if you're in this square mile, yeah. then queue up this song on the playlist. Yeah, square mile. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> or like <laughs> experience. You, I don't know. I don't know how what technology would you know make this happen, but you know having a like pull up an app or like maybe LinkedIn with Spotify or whatever and have like artists go to where like they think their songs would take place mm-hmm. and so when you're driving through you have this app on the song starts playing oh Something that'd be like sick that. oh man, cool. we've got some ideas yeah, See, we're man. better than everybody <laughs> yeah. we've got fucking ideas dude <laughs> no yeah um places are really important to me songs are really important to me and just the association between the two mm-hmm. i mean i can see certain things like not even locations but i can have certain views in mm-hmm. the city like okay i know what to play mm-hmm. you know and i'll think about people or places you know like whatever yeah and so i don't know i've always thought about making a map for like all the shit that i either have written or all the stuff mostly the stuff that i've listened to and just um kind of going on a musical scavenger hunt around the city nice but that's just like a peek into my personal life i mean everybody would have different places or whatever but yeah Uh i've like daydreamed about doing that for years Hmm. yeah just making a map yeah yeah like go here and listen to this or go to this spot and listen to that and then you'll know how I feel or you know what yeah. you'll, you'll know what I've seen you know like uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really personal you yeah. know what I mean that's I think a that's a cool really way cool. to portray what's going on like up there for, yeah, yeah for sure because cool. I mean cool. music is like my biggest like that's what I identify with the most mm-hmm. you know what I mean and yeah. so um, I just have 
I don't know if you'd call them deep, but I just have like in-depth ideas like that all the time. Mm. The map being the most, the one I think about the most. Yeah. You can make like the saddest scavenger hunt. Dude, yeah. <laughs> In yeah, Oklahoma. Definitely, <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. dude. Yeah. Dude, uh, I kind of wonder like reading just like other people, other vocalists lyrics from Oklahoma and also hearing some people comment on them yeah. of them being pretty sad. And right. it's like, it's kind of interesting to really, I don't know, the older I'm getting, the more I'm just realizing how fucked this place is or it can be but it can yeah. also be like a great place for good memories but like yeah overall it 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 is kind of like a it's it's a sad place yeah yeah it really like, is. I mean, it's such a sad like fucked up politically like fucked up like historically historically yeah for sure yeah i mean and i didn't really realize that until i think it was like Scott had said something to Skyler about his lyrics or something in right. Roman. Like he was like yeah. saying, man, they're really like sad or like really pissed off. And that's yeah. what kind of jogged that. And then like mm-hmm. reading mine, reading yours right. and like other people that we know, like mutually it, it's kind of, it's almost, but it's almost kind of maybe not encouraging. It's encouraging, but it's also just like, it's nice to relate with other mm-hmm. people in that way. It makes yeah. you feel less alone. It makes you feel like other people get it and mm-hmm. you're, you're not the only one that's kind of going crazy here sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like for me, cause like, let me get this straight in my head. Um, no, yeah, no worries. Like I know how much this place means to me because I've grown up here my whole life and Mm -hmm. then I've written music that I've written and it being really like strong like at least the last EP being very strongly based around my environment you know and how I am viewing my environment and so I mean where you're coming from is going to influence you in one way or another and then also like being able to relate and connect between you and your friends is really cool too but I'd often have like thoughts of like okay I know I see the world the way that I do because I'm from here and then like looking at your lyrics, you mm. know, whatever. And I'm like, okay, he probably is seeing things the same way that I'm seeing. We're mm. talking to even Chris about the things that he feels and being here, you know, like, cause him and I will go on long ass conversations about mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like, what is this place doing to us? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Something's going on here. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. And I felt that way. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a, it's a good place because it's slow and the people are polite and you know, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of gems here, but at the same time it, it feels pretty desolate. You yeah. know what I mean? And you have to find, empty. you have to really look for those gems. Yeah. Like right. You really have to look. And for a lot that. of those gems like vary from person to person. Cause it's like, not like we have a beach or right. mountains or things to fucking do. So it's like, what makes me happy, you know, is very personal to me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's going to vary from, person to person so yeah. it's kind of like we're all just sitting here like depressed and bored and it's see, it's because we have our hiding spots but yeah you know. oklahoma has like all the miniature versions of everything cool in the right. world like we've got yeah. a mini mountain we've yeah. got lakes that have sand yeah we've got like <laughs> we've got like the only thing that will get close to mesas and rocky terrain but it's like five hours away Way the fuck yeah, away like, we've yeah. got forests but those are like four hours away, like deep forest you know yeah. like by right. arkansas and shit it's so yeah it's weird like if you're in a major city at all like it's pretty mundane mm-hmm. you know and see that's 
It's interesting. Like the a, another vibe is like a spooky. You're either in the city and it's just like sad. Everything's smaller than it is in other cities, and yep. there's just less people, yep. less stuff, and just mm-hmm. less of everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, but then like as you go out, it's just like the cornfield almost vibes or just flat nothingness. Yeah. And like I I remember just as a kid and a young person in general living in Oklahoma like the your connection with the land and with the locality it was all ghost stories and myths oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. like and dark history like I remember being told stories when I was like 8 in like homeschool co-op mm-hmm. you know of like Oh yeah, you know, like someone's great grandma, you know, getting skinned alive or something right, like a yeah. hundred and fifty years ago yeah. or hundred and twenty years crazy ago. Shit. Yeah, and and so that that's like th- those kind of stories. It just mars your perception, and mm-hmm. but there's like beauty in it. But it's also mm-hmm. yeah, it's lonely and it's like kind of scary and and yeah, I I don't know. Like when I think about like the you're talking about like the gyms like the places that I don't know, make you feel something like if you come to Oklahoma, you got to come and just, we'll go to a big ass empty field. That's mm-hmm. what we're going to like. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, right, so it's right. like, Oh, come to Colorado. We'll climb the mountains. Like come to Oklahoma. We're going to, we're going to take you to a big ass empty field in the middle of the get dark. Fucking grimy. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's going to be rugged for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that for sure. I don't know. But like not like not to shit on this place or whatever, right, but it, it yeah. just does have that feeling, you know. And I feel like in a lot of ways that can influence, especially creative people, mm-hmm. push them and propel them in a oh, certain yeah. direction. And I think that is pretty apparent through my writing, your writing, Skyler's fucking yeah. I mean, even like people like Ant, you know what I mean, and like yeah. whatever, like chat pile. Yeah, yeah, I I, I get that's why I like them is because I can get that feeling. I don't Mm -hmm. even know if they're all originally from here, but right. Well, see, the thing was is like I've never even heard about that band until a year ago, and I wasn't even home. I was in Kentucky, Mm -hmm. and somebody from not from Oklahoma was like, "Hey, you know this band Chat Paul?" I was like, "I don't know." you know whatever and they played them and i was like dude this is raw as fuck and they were like oh yeah they're from your city and i was like oh, <laughs> i understand them even more now yeah. you know what i mean yeah, it's like yeah. i get them way more you know yeah. like yeah i don't know so but them like they're like grimy 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 mm-hmm. like they're gross sounding yeah, yeah. and it's so good mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so fucking good agreed it's like i don't and i'm not big on like any of like that like as far as the local scene goes Anybody who plays music like that, I don't really know uh, mm-hmm. the list of bands, but just knowing who they are and listening to them every once in a while, it's just, it's, um, it's unique mm-hmm. and it's, I don't know. It's got its own feeling. Yeah. It's good as fuck. And I'm a fan yeah, for sure. Same chat piles. Awesome. Um, something, something, this is kind of just like around this and around the type of music that we're into, uh, you know, I have I didn't question this much until recently to the last few years, but it's just like what is it about uh, obviously like playing the type of music we do and being mm-hmm. into you know, any kind of music that's specifically abrasive or specifically dark or evokes emotions that are on the darker side of things. Like that everyone listens to a little bit of stuff like that, but mm-hmm. if you're people like us, you're like 90% in 
Yeah, you're immersed. Um, yeah, almost all of the time. And then you, when you write the music, when you create the music, you become even more immersed mm-hmm. to do that. And so it's like you're basically... It's like, yeah, you're an artist, but you're an artist that's specifically attracted to things that are dark. And those Mm -hmm. are the things that you want to embody and communicate to the world. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I've just been thinking about that for like myself. And it's like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I see myself that way. Mm. Like that doesn't sound like a descriptor for myself, but it's like as far back as I can remember, like I've, I've had a tinge for violence and for mm-hmm. like chaos yeah. mm-hmm. and for, and then even though I'm afraid of it and I've had fear and fear of pain and fear of all of those things that actually like is the kind of fear that, you know, you can become addicted to mm-hmm. or is the kind of energy and negativity yeah. that you can become addicted to. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I was just wondering like what, what you think about that? Like, why don't we just play, why don't we play music that makes us happy? You know, like someone, mm-hmm. <laughs> someone might ask that innocent question. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I don't really know why not, but it wouldn't make me happy. <laughs> I just think there's like such a massive amount of energy. Like, I mean, there's such a massive amount of energy in the music that we play too. And so it's easy to have that and get the catharsis, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then when it yeah. comes to, you know, and you can get the catharsis from going to shows and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, but then as people who create it and play it, it's just like, and for me personally, it's like, I'm not going to be one of those dudes who's like, I'm a negative person and whatever, but I do have that part. You know right. what I mean? I, yeah. You know, I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm aroused. I'm fucking pissed. I'm, you know, like anxious, whatever. And so, and as somebody who has like the anxiety and is so in my head all the time, it's like, okay, well, like a lot of the stuff that I am fixated on is, you know, the darker side of things. And I can use that in like a stylistic way, or I can use it as like, I can use music as like, okay, like I need to get something out. You know what I mean? And I don't want to be one of those bands who like constantly talks about like just being in so much fucking pain and whatever. Cause I'm not like that. Like I'm so many other things too, but it's just like when that shit comes out, like, you know it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah it's like the most uncut, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I could fucking like get on a stage and fucking bleed everywhere and puke and just be like, that had to happen. You know what I right. mean? Because I feel that way. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. literally everything inside on a spiritual level is just like, it comes out so much, so much more aggressively, you know yeah. what I mean? And so, and it just, you mix that with the music. I mean, it's just like, it's a perfect match. Yeah. It only, it, and just the most basic way to say it is it just makes sense to me. You know what I mean? Like it's just like two plus two is four. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just, it's mathematics. It just fucking adds up yeah. to, to behave that way and to express that way because mm-hmm. that's the way I feel. Yeah. You know, and just being drawn to that as a kid, it's like something about it made sense, something about it. And, and it could have just been like a lighthearted, like I'm a kid and I found something I really liked, but I've liked this music since I was like three years old. Right. You know what I mean, I've yeah. always, always, always done it. Mm-hmm. but the older that you get and the more the things pile up, the more it makes sense, the more it adds up to express it that way mm-hmm. because of like you were influenced to do it. And then also like, and we're playing music that for the most part, I feel like is a lot more aggressive than the stuff we grew up listening to. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, now it's my turn to mm-hmm. turn it up and be yeah. loud and fucking do it my way. And that's yeah. just how it comes out. Yeah. So, well, and yeah. the honesty is such a noble thing, in my opinion, and that's kind of yeah. what drew me to this music. Yeah. And I would, I, I would always get like almost shit on by like friends, parents, or like <laughs> even my parents at some point when they would just make fun of like, sounds like he's getting castrated. Like, why do you listen yeah, to that right, music? And it's right. like, 
<laughs> there's an honesty to it. Like yeah. there's an honest, like someone's just literally belting out how they feel. Like how do you fake that? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And like, it's really hard. It can be done, but it's really hard to fake that shit. Yeah. And I mean, like, and, and you can tell when it's fake. Yeah. Too. Right. That, yeah. That's what I was going to say. We can. Yeah. It's like, yeah, anybody can get up there and make the noises and play the riffs or whatever. But when you see it for real and you yeah. know, like, you know where they're coming from, it's like, yeah, there's no faking that. Like you, you know what I mean? Or, Skyler even like you know that they're fucking mad about something or you know that they're like uneasy about something yeah. you know what I mean or like um, and it makes more sense yeah. to do it when you're playing extreme music it's like yeah it's yeah. almost like flip-flopped like everything I was taught growing up is it's now like flip-flop it's like no I should this should be the time that I set aside to get that shit out well, then I don't want to I don't want to yell like that at the like fifth person of the day that pisses me that's off. What I, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is like, like, how many opportunities are you ever going to get to fight, especially with hardcore? I mean, you could, you know, to each their own, but like, if you wanted to, like you could go in there and fucking swing and stage dive or whatever, and just completely let loose. And, you know, even punch somebody if you wanted to, you know, like whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. But then it's like, also playing that music. How many how many times in actual reality in real life everyday shit are you going to get the opportunity to do shit like that? Yeah. Yell, fucking scream, jump around, act like a fucking animal. Yeah. And um I just think we got lucky finding like the like just the avenue that feels the best and it being so accessible minus mm-hmm. covid. But, right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um like I said it just adds up. No, yeah. and it's true and and jumping back to the Oklahoma thing as well, like it makes sense it makes sense in that perspective because like when you're you know growing up here like i for me there was nothing for me or i didn't Mm -hmm. have a sense that there's anything like Mm -hmm. music was everything i loved it was everything that just like made me excited and took me places that i never was able to go in my world yeah and you know to think and and we've we've kind of we actually talked about this first episode a little bit just like very very early like being a teenager and like going to early shows and wanting so badly to be involved in music mm-hmm. and for me like yeah like you're saying it's just etched so deep you if there's no if there's no chance for you to succeed in the games that the world has set out and that's that's something i related to for a very long time like if you can't play the school game and work mm-hmm. out or play the social game and it works out or play the money game or anything like then you just you're like I just want to express myself mm-hmm. <clears throat> and like these underground music scenes are can like really be a home for people like that and and yeah like let out your aggression and let out like that primal nature that we all have mm-hmm. because we're socialized and we're institutionalized and like taught that we need to always be polite and that you shouldn't raise your voice and that right, you shouldn't do yeah. any of these things but it's like also we're bred out of violence and misery for mm-hmm. 10,000 generations behind us and like that's what it's in our genes that's yeah. what we have to get out and yeah. you know it, it makes it makes sense to express it and for me like that's that's what gets invoked for me when I think about this strange dance of the darkness and the sadness, but the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> you know, and I, I like that you mentioned that it's, it's not like, and some bands are like this, that the sentiment is just like total, total hopelessness, like yeah. get completely giving up on everything. Right. Like powerlessness. And, and that like, 
I've I've always liked your Josh your lyrics and your approach to it because there was no no beat was skipped nothing was not talked about in in regards to dark topics but it was also mm-hmm. like there's a sense of you're not giving up autonomy or giving up your responsibility in the world to just like I don't know not not just accept everything and mm-hmm. give up. Yeah. But to to yeah. say like this is what it is, it is evil, it is dark, it is terrible or whatever, but that you know like I'm ta- I'm taking that on cuz it's a part of life. <laughs> yeah. And whatever whatever that you know strange dance is like mm-hmm. And that's that's for me that that's what inspires me. Like I I want to talk to people who have gone to the dark side completely mm-hmm. oh, yeah. all the way but at the same time, I see myself as a ha- happy person. Like, I want to be a happy person. Like, I feel... Or playing the music, listening to music, you know? Yeah. Like, right. listening to your, to, to your release today. Like, I was happy. I wasn't thinking, like, oh, I'm so sad. I want to, you know, right, do yeah. this and that. And that's... It's, it's just a strange paradox in that. But... Um, well, because, like, you know, it comes off as, like, really violent and aggressive or whatever. But then it's, like... For me, and like I said before, it's like it's a catharsis, and uh, part yeah, of finding that's a good word. Mm-hmm. Part of finding the catharsis is like the solution after. Like you're not just exploding and going crazy to just explode and be crazy. You're doing it to feel better. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, if you're doing it to feel better, there's a whole other side of you as a person that can be excited, can be happy, can be romantic. You know, whatever the list goes on. And it's like, um. I'm not somebody who leans more one way or the other rather like I'd rather utilize when I need mm-hmm. a dark side, a light side or positive, negative, whatever. And music is, a a good exercise in doing that. Um, and it kind of goes off like into other realms too, because like even on a social level in the way that I carry myself as a person, um, I don't try to be one thing or the other. You know what I mean? And I think walking around being fucking bummed out and being negative all the time is a fucking cop out. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? But then I, at the same I love time, you put it that way. It's a cop out. And like, I think I see a lot of like younger kids and younger dudes in the scene that really like, it, it's like they get influenced by this, but they don't quite get it. And like, mm-hmm. that's their attitude. Yeah. And it's almost like a costume just to be the one to say like, I care the least. Yeah. And, it's like, no, like, I don't, yeah, go ahead. And here I am saying, like, I care the fucking most. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, in a way, like, I want to fucking figure it out or I yeah, am yeah. interested in, like, um, and I don't know, like, if you know me on any, like, personal level, I mean, like, you can read my lyrics or whatever, and, you know, not everybody's going to see the intimate parts of my life where I'm, like, broken down in my room, like, freaking the fuck out. Mm-hmm. But on just a normal daily basis, like, like, you know, on a regular basis, like I'm just an excited person, you know I mean? I'm interested in the shit that I'm interested in. I'm opinionated, you know, like I'm passionate about things, you know what I mean? And so I don't think that expressing, you know, cause I mean, who knows, maybe in the future I, I will write and sledge about being excited or being aggressive in mm-hmm. a positive way or whatever yeah. that could happen. I don't, I don't want to be so doom and gloom all the time because for one, it gets old and for me as a person, I'm trying to figure out why the fuck I'm here. Music mm-hmm. is a good way to do that yeah. in a way where it, it can be a, um, a stepping stone into figuring out who you are even further. And, um, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to figure out what the fuck I'm doing here. You yeah. know what I mean? And that can go from the fucking bottom of hell all the way up to the fucking heavens, like whatever and everything in between. And so, 
I don't think it's, uh, it's not fair to me also to like say that I'm just like one or the other and constantly be one thing or the other. Like I got to give myself some leeway and it's okay to be this. It's okay to be that. And it's okay to be everything all at once, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm a fucking person. Yeah. You know, I'm a real person. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's way too many fake people. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. But, yeah. I, but there is a lot of real people too though. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, yeah. And another thing that I, oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. On, on, you know, being people, people being fake or whatever. One thing that I've been like thinking about recently a lot as well is like, um, yeah, because I I get in my head about like social shit sometimes, you know, whatever, and not in a way that's like, it's crippling, but it's just stuff worth thinking about, you know, stuff about people that it's worth thinking about or about your role in the, in your world, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff that's worth considering. Um, kind of just like being a lot less harsh on people for not having it figured out, you know, and mm-hmm. kind of like being in parts of their lives where they might be a little bit more ingenuine than other parts of their lives, you know, and kind of like giving people a break for that or a break in that. Cause like there's been parts of my life throughout growing up from like 15 up until, you know, the past couple of years where there's definitely been times where I've been ingenuine. So it's yeah. like, yeah. you got to kind of like yeah. slow down and not be so like on the prowl and like, fuck them, you know, fuck fakes or whatever. You're like, give them time to figure it out. (laughs) That's just a side thought that I've had. Like, and something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is just kind of like being a little bit more patient with people and them figuring it out because we're all young. What the fuck do we know? Right. Right. I mean, like, but yeah, people who are like straight up like fake and like, crisscrossed and backwards and shit fuck them yeah or you know it, what i mean it, like it's if, if like, it's a if it's a yeah no, a detriment I, you know yeah, what i mean or, then, or they're using it to like basically use people yeah like, for gain that, and you that's, know yeah that's when it's like that that shit's not cool because there's no I mean, denying that's a common pattern yeah, yeah even yeah. At, even at our young age and you know everybody's trying to figure their shit out never fucking you know, think that there aren't snakes in the grass because there are for sure. And it's easy to see the difference between a snake in the grass, fake person and like a fake person who's just insecure. Yeah. That's because usually like when you're insecure, you're just like trying not to like make yourself look bad or like, yeah. yeah. But then like, if you're just a snake in the grass, like you're saying, and like, you can tell they're fake. It's like, it's pretty obvious. And people, think that they can fool people because i mean there's a bite that comes to like people being insecure you know Mm -hmm. and having that rub off on you you know it can sting but then Mm -hmm. like somebody being um snide or conniving or malicious against somebody like that facetious 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 there's a certain (laughs) venom to that and it feels Mm -hmm. a certain way like you know it when you see it it's like okay they're not being true and they're being malicious you know whatever or you get burned one too many times exactly right yeah after like the third or fourth, you're like, oh, okay, this yeah. is what it's like. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, not going to change, you know, yeah. move on to the next, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. But yeah, for sure. I mean, um, a lot of people operate off insecurity and I've done it at times too. And it oh, definitely yeah, has bitten people and, yeah. you know, been poisonous to others, you know, and um, I don't know. But you, you got to like, you know, if I was still back in those head spaces where I was struggling that way, I would like to for somebody else to be like, it's okay, like be patient, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so... I feel like that's kind of like the role that I have to play for other people. You know, not that I'm like invested in everybody's lives, but if, you know, you, if your life touches mine in any certain way and I can influence you, it's okay to be fucked up for a second. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's okay to like even hurt people at times if, you know, it's out if of you like, learn from it. Yeah. If you learn from if it. And, yeah, exactly. It, exactly. You, yeah. Cause like everyone's going to do that. And 
I love what you're saying about giving people space. Yeah. Cause like, I feel like the, uh, it's so easy to judge people. Mm -hmm. And like, I, it's the easiest thing to do is judge people is like, look at their behavior and compare yourself in like a superior way to them right? and mm -hmm. show and look at the aspects of you that are superior to the, the same aspects of them. And, and it's always an unfair comparison, but mm -hmm. it's like when I met my wisest, if some, if I have that initial, uh, observation of something that would maybe normally incur judgment, like when I'm at my wisest, I actually notice that that thing that I want to judge in them, that it's actually something that is within myself. Yeah. Maybe it's not embodied in its full form, maybe not anymore, or maybe it hasn't yet, but mm -hmm. it's like that same aspect, you know, whether it's one, you know, someone wanting attention or even someone using someone else, like there are aspects of that within me. And mm -hmm. I have to realize that like, that could be me. And in a sense yeah. that almost is me. Right. And like, that's, you know, like that's how I want to react and want to like think of myself in relationship to others, but it's so ingrained and automatic to kind of like judge. And, and especially cause we've all been fucked over so many times mm -hmm. by people in our lives. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And it's hard to, as a young person to do that because you know, even at all of our ages and we're all different ages, whatever, we're still young. We don't have the practice, mm -hmm. you know, or we don't have, decades and decades and decades of practice to kind yeah. of be able to slow down and you know not be too hard on ourselves or others and i also really appreciate the level of accountability and self-awareness to be like okay you know you know at your best when you have opportunities to judge or kind of you know meddle in your shadow a little bit mm -hmm. you know and you kind of want to point your finger or whatever you know kind of turn your finger around and say okay what is wrong or maybe not what is wrong but like What's going on within me that I feel the need to do this to other people right. or to yeah. look at them a certain way, even if it's in private, yeah. you know what I mean? Because even the things that you do in private are still going to, you know, mold you any mm -hmm. which way, you know what I mean? And so how are you going to figure out how to hold yourself accountable, be self-aware enough to know when those negative sides come up and you need to mm -hmm. rewire yourself? Yeah. So. I don't want to get into politics because we already talked about like <laughs> right. that we don't, but that right. it's interesting that politics kind of give that shade or it like almost like puts up politics kind of give people blinders to that the whole concept you're yeah. talking about. I feel like yeah. where it's right. like you, Oh, you align with that political, whatever, like then it's like instant judgment. And it's mm -hmm. like, like you said, Austin, like the easiest thing you can do to judge someone and, it's just, yeah, that's also a cop out of like yeah. judging people for yeah. a political thing that someone else came up with. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It, I mean, judging it, people on almost anything really is kind of like, it can be a, a fucking cop time. out. Just, yeah. Cause it's yeah. like, I don't know. See, I had the, a thought, but I lost it. There's, there's an old quote that's like, um, it's slightly different, but I have a version of myself. The quote is, uh, praise specifically criticized generally. But for me, I'm like, praise specifically, criticize personally. Mm. And for the, like, that's how I want, like, I want to, like, the criticism, I want to see it within myself because it's all, it's all there. There isn't a, a, a list, a, a general aspects that people have, you know, the general emotions and experiences that we have, like, they're all there in all of us mm -hmm. to certain degrees. Mm -hmm. And, 
Yeah. And I mean, I, I love what you said about that politics. It does that. It has us putting up the blinders and seeing the very tiny, tiny little differences that we have between each other rather than the, the enormous overlap of things that we have in common, mm-hmm. you know, which is why it's such an effective weapon to well, use against people to have them hate their neighbor. Yeah. And that's exactly why we don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, like, but at the talking about it at the meta level, like, this, yeah, like, yeah, 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 that's different. Cool that's that. different. Whether if it, whether it's like political or social or whatever, when it comes to judgment, I mean, like, like you were saying, it's the fucking easiest thing to do. It's like almost like an instinct. Well, I mean, I guess it kind of, yeah, it, yeah. it kind of is instinct, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and there's been so many times in my life where, and I think that judging people kind of falls into this where, you know, I guess like being the bigger person or whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And being accountable and self-aware, blah, 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 trying to figure it out, trying to be the better person or whatever. I don't know. I think if it's easy, it's probably wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. you know, in a yeah. way, like, I don't know. Like, That's a good heuristic. And like, nothing's free. I don't know. I think that yep. I'm trying on a personal level and, you know, everybody's on their little missions or whatever, but I'm trying to figure out the way to be the most righteous and I'm not like religious or whatever, you know what I mean? But just to carry myself and conduct myself in a way and, you know, you can't do any of that without getting grimy. So being face to face with, you know, judgment and, you know, spite towards others or envy or jealousy or, you know, whatever, hatred, insecurities, yeah. um, it's all good shit. Like yeah. fucking being able to talk about it, express it. And then also being at terms with it is a fucking big thing. Oh yeah. Like knowing yeah. how to be at terms into you. Cause I mean just as much as, you know, we've been talking about judgment. I also think it, it can be a utility. You know what I mean? It can help keep you safe from other people. I was you know literally what I mean? like, just about to it, say that. It's yeah. just like, it's a tool. Yeah, I know it. And so many parts of yourself in a negative way where people kind of shy away from judgment or shy away from hatred or anger or whatever, or anxiety, you know, I don't think, and like how I was talking about before, like being somebody who kind of is a mix between like positive and negative knowing when to pull those negative things out at the right time, using them as tools, judgment being one of them, Mm -hmm. um, you can save it and protect yourself a lot. You know what I mean? You know, don't judge and, you know, always have your finger pointed outwards or whatever, but you know, you judge when the time is due to judge somebody, you know, for being awful or or for being great or judging like a dangerous situation. Exactly. You know, kind of, you know, it's good to have that strong judgment. It's almost like you should reserve that super strong. I wonder if, super judgmental people use it so much. I mean, they do. It becomes a detriment because they're, yeah. they're just cynically judging everything, but right. you could reserve it for, I don't know, any social situation when there's someone that you can obviously tell from that reserved judgment. You're like, that guy is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Like we should probably leave or yeah. like whatever the situation may be. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good to reserve that harsh judgment for something. I mean, even me like and that. you, we've been in situations like that. Like that one time we were all, uh, 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 our group was skating downtown and yep. that dude pulled up and he was like spazzing the fuck out. Yep. You judge somebody like that and then you back off. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yep. The best situation, the best thing to do. I mean, I don't know. There were plenty of us versus one guy. That, yeah, but, but still. The fact that one guy was talking to like seven or six of us. Right kind of showed that like he was 
prepared for something like that. Yeah, and right. So then it's like at that point, you kind of just have to kind of yeah, what you were saying. Off. Yeah, you know, like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, something something's, something's not fucking right here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because a normal, mature adult man would just keep driving. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Fuck I mean, it. Who cares? Yeah. You know, grow like, up. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I don't know. Shadow work is like a big idea of mine that I have and that like talking about things like judgment or whatever, just knowing when to use certain things because, um, I don't necessarily agree with, you know, being somebody who's like, I'm a fucking saint and I'm going to, I never do anything wrong and blah, 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 blah. Whereas like somebody like me and I'm just starting out, like I'm not even good at it. You know, I'm, I'm young and I'm without practice, but the more I practice these ideas that I have, um, I think it will lead me to being a better person because it just feels correct to me mm-hmm. to kind of be at terms with the dark side or whatever, you know, yeah. and like letting it um, pop up in your life when it needs to pop up because yeah. violence can help you. Anxiety can help you and keep you safe. Anger can motivate you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Judgment can keep you keep all the people at your table, the kind of company that you want at your table. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, you just don't do those things to where they're, uh, you know, we said it before being a detriment to you. You don't yeah. do it to where they cripple you or harm people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unless, you know, for whatever reason it needs to happen. If it needs to happen, then, you know, bring it out when it needs to. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, it's like a martial art. It's like a mental martial art. Yeah. Right. Right. That's the real MMA. Well, <laughs> mental <laughs> martial arts. Fuck yeah. No. And I mean, there's, there's, you know, like a popular idea that, people who are truly effective, people that have the ability to be effective in a good way, in a positive way, are the most dangerous people. I love that idea. <laughs> like I I yeah. I love that shit. Yeah. No, you're and you're right there with it. And it's like that's so there there's radical truth at that. And part of that truth is the understanding that the wor- the worst that you are capable of and, you know, the evil that that is within you that is that it's it's possible that it could come out Mm -hmm. but then taking responsibility for that and realizing to take responsibility for that is to have a strength that is greater than that evil yeah one of the best ways to like kind of like sum all that up is like and it's like the most elementary like concept but it's like i would much rather the most effective fighter is somebody who has practiced you know what i mean like when they pack their punch, it's going to, it's going to be the most effective. Whereas somebody who just kind of like throws it out there all the time and doesn't practice and doesn't do anything is really sloppy with themselves. Like they're not going to do fucking well, anything. That's like the right. Bruce Lee quote. I fear the man who's done one kick 10,000 times than, mm-hmm. than 10,000 kicks. Yeah. And just equate that to what we're talking about now, like practicing your inner shadow or evil mm-hmm. or whatever. And I think that the evil is important. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's super important. Yeah, I would hate to get punched by a, an arm that has the time and discipline backed behind it. Like yeah. you're feeling the force you're feeling when you're getting hit by something. Like you're feeling the discipline of yeah. that human yeah. being just smack your undisciplined ass. Right yeah, the face. compounding of years of just pounding bags. <laughs> yeah. and then on the and then and on mentally the, thinking of what they're pounding on those bags. Like yeah, you're feeling all of that if you have the yeah like the shitty look of getting hit right in the face by it. And then on <laughs> like, the social level of all of that, I mean, the way that you interact with others. You know what I mean? Like you can be in a 
affect a person in your group or your mm-hmm. band or, you know, your workplace or whatever. Like if you're somebody who practices themselves, mm-hmm. whatever, and this doesn't have to be as deep as like shadow work or nothing like that, but just be somebody who's practiced. And like, as a young person, like I said before, it's kind of hard to have that practice, but I mean, we're just starting out. Yeah. And I think the earlier we realize this, you know, you know, 30 and 40 and 50 will be pretty good you know because we know how to conduct ourselves yeah and treat other people and so that's been a big thought of mine lately as like the past like three or four years yeah yeah that's good to think about it yeah no i I love that we're talking about basically (laughs) self-improvement yeah (laughs) i know this is big well i mean this is like some a a topic and i hate i hate even that name like self-improvement yeah like Mm -hmm. i i I hate that but for me i think of it as like just self-responsibility yeah Mm -hmm. um but that's been such an important um force in my life of just like taking responsibility especially over the last three to four years and uh, has has been immensely positive Mm -hmm. but is also it's reconciled um like you, you know, you're talking about shadow work, and we're talking about the dark side of things. It's reconciled those dark parts of myself, mm-hmm. you know, that I thought were proof of me being doomed mm-hmm. or destined for a certain misery forever. And it's reconciled that with the fact that I'm a human being and I want to be happy. Yeah, and that's a good thing absolutely. to admit because I used to not be able to admit that that I wanted to be happy. But like, no, I want to be happy, and also I'm taking full responsibility. Yeah. for that want. I'm not going to blame the world and mm-hmm. be and be nihilistic towards the world because my situation is imperfect. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and so that's been like such such an important driver for me, but I kind of wanted to ask like what cuz you mentioned this word earlier, righteousness, like mm-hmm. what like what does that word mean to you cuz I cuz for a lot of us that have like grown up with like strong religious influences that maybe we didn't want or (laughs) right. Yeah. Or, or had a negative effect like that. It has some kind of connotation to us, but I don't know. It still holds like a personal place for me. Mm -hmm. Like when I think about it, but yeah, as far as right. I mean, I don't know like the word for word textbook and definition of it. You know what I mean? But when I think of being somebody who carries themselves with righteousness or, um, it's just, you know, somebody that you can trust, somebody that, mm-hmm. you know, is holds themselves accountable for, you know, good and bad, ugly, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then um, just being true, you know what I mean? And having themselves in check and mm-hmm. having them, um, I don't know, it's kind of kind of at a loss for words for it. But no, just, I mean, just, that's that's a great list of just three you know, yeah. I, like I love the quote, give me a simple idea or, or d- grab a simple idea and take it really seriously. And like mm-hmm. what you just said is basically like do right th- or like be trustworthy, mm-hmm. <laughs> take, mm-hmm. re- take accountability, tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like if people, truth, if think, people yeah. simply did those three things, you know, like all of uh, so many of the problems and the difficult personal interactions that we've had with people, you know, what that would have never happened. But just those three things are so, those are lifelong journeys. Yeah. Well, it's just cause like everything that like happens to you or like, you know, times when you have to be the bigger man or like things that could like be detriments to you 
or whatever, just kind of being somebody who holds themselves above that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I, I admire that because I mean, just as much as like, I am somebody who like thinks about things like shadow work or whatever. And as much as I understand that, like those parts have to be implemented into your daily life to survive in a, the way that I've, I agree with, mm-hmm. um, being a good person is ultimately the fucking goal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so being somebody who's above all the bullshit, cause it's easy, especially as a young, young person to get mixed up in all the shit that doesn't fucking matter. Right. People, fucking experiences, memories, whatever. And all that shit's going to happen to you, but you know, just finding a way to be above those things into, you know, and I'm, I'm a rowdy ass 23 year old, whatever, but just to be somebody who like, within themselves has that certain level of like grace, I guess, you know what I mean? And that have that trustworthiness on, you know, between with himself or herself and within their friend group or whatever. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I just like that about people. And, you know, I see people who in my eyes kind of come off of as like, they have that righteousness and it's not any way that's like, you know, you roll your eyes out and it's like, oh, whatever, right. this person just fucking, you know, in over their self-righteous. head. Self-righteous. Yeah, self-righteous. Yeah. But being somebody who's genuinely just a good human being. Yeah. You know what I mean? And is above all of the, maybe not all of it, but, you know, makes a point to be above all the shit that uh, can hold you back. Yeah. And, you know, that just goes along with just the self-improvement or whatever we're talking about. I've always liked the term righteous anger. Oh like yeah, and that's a big like, one. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, just I'm mean, well, and it comes from like you were saying, Austin. Like we can like, and I, you did you grow up in a religious house too, kind of or nah. sort of? Well, like going going to church and stuff. That was something yeah. I heard a lot that caught my attention always. Like, yeah, I always loved that concept of righteous anger because it. Yeah, I mean, like you both were saying, righteousness is kind of truthful and like. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, being above the bullshit. So then right. combining like being so passionate about that, that it makes you angry. Yeah. That, that something is going right. on and you want, and like you see the change and that's where the judgment comes in. Mm-hmm. Like then you're judging the situation. You're like, right. okay, this is when I need to bring out that anger, that tool. Yeah, exactly. That like I've been reserving because yeah. it, this is what calls for it. Yeah. And, and kind of to come like full circle back to like the sledge stuff. Um, we have a song called detonate and I, I can't remember if I mentioned this before, but it kind of has like, to me, it has like a dual meaning. Mm-hmm. And one of them, you know, obviously sledge is like a dark band or whatever. So you could see it as like, you know, take the title itself. It's like, Oh, detonate that could be, you know, destructive and chaotic and evil or whatever. But then like you put it under a different lens and it's like, okay, righteous singer, you know, mm-hmm. detonate, you know, be somebody who's on fire. Cause I mean, in that song, I, I mentioned things like insecurity and being betrayed and, you know, sort of feeling like everything's, um, I'm sort of like attacked by everything or everything's like a really violent, really destructive, whatever, mm-hmm. using those things to motivate you to do better things and being on fire that way, rather than being on fire, suffering and, yeah. you know, destructive nature or whatever. And so, um, even with that, you know, it kind of has that dual meaning of like it, you could view it as like a really destructive thing or a thing like, you know, a righteous anger moment where it's like, okay, I'm going to use these negative things that have happened to me to explode that way. And that way is a positive direction, you know, whatever. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know, I've done that just as much as I've been a self-destructive person in the past. Also, I've been a person who has succeeded tremendously 
because I've been so fucking mad. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. brought me good things, you know, yeah. and using it to motivate you. Yeah. So that's cool too. Righteous anger is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I love, <clears throat> I love this whole, this whole conversation just cause wrapped, wrapped around like the music. Like we're here talking mm-hmm. about your band, talking about our band a little bit, but yeah. like wrapped around all of this is obviously like very vulnerable, negative emotions for us. Mm-hmm. Cause like that's inherently like, I would say almost except for anger, like most negative emotions are very vulnerable. They're very revealing. Mm-hmm. And like, usually mm-hmm. we want to hide them. Yeah. yeah. And, and like to try and lean into them and dance with that paradox. Like it's something, you know, maybe it's something that's a little bit novel in art or in music, like that mm-hmm. we're doing, but just like that, that's the dance of life either mm-hmm. way and that that um to not embrace those things like the the shadow self or or whatever like to to ignore that to try and push that away or socialize that and just like tame it um you know i, I for one i don't think it works and yeah for two me. i yeah. i think it destroys people <laughs> yeah. yeah i think it destroys creativity i mean you know like we we were talking about like lo- the locality like locality and music and you know our experience living in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. <laughs> this strange boring place and like you know like if you if you lived 100,000 years ago you would go you would have a locality and you would look upon the lands and see things and you would be you would you would think of the stories that whatever your culture told you you know mm-hmm. it it invoke imagery of like the gods and of mm-hmm you know, Mm -hmm. creation and the mystical and the spiritual and Mm -hmm. all that stuff that we think is too cheesy to talk about nowadays. Mm -hmm. But actually that's still there. That's still a necessary ingredient and component and living a full life. And like, this is the experience that we're having, but we don't have any gods Mm -hmm. or, or necessarily, or the same God, the Mm -hmm. same religious culture really to explain the mystery around us. So we're Mm -hmm. just like, listening to metal music and (laughs) contemplating things existentially. Right. And so it's a, you know, it's a strange, uh, it's a, it's a strange time. And there's, I think there's a lot of people who kind of, kind of relate, relate to this type of vibe, just like Mm -hmm. digging, digging into the loneliness and the strangeness of being alive, especially when you're like really becoming an adult. Mm-hmm. or like leaving your youth and mm-hmm. you're like, that was it. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. I mean, I've gone through phases of my life where that feeling is devastating. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, mm-hmm. and then you realize that only like time is only passing and very fast. You know what I mean? Like yeah. whatever. Yeah. It, it only gets faster the older you get. Yeah, it seems, it seems like to me. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Same. Just, so far. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, before, before we get to the end of this, um, Sledge has toured like a decent amount, right? Mm-hmm. Before in the past, like yeah. y'all, y'all were hitting the road pretty hard. Yeah, we did like a like, couple years ago, right? Yeah, our biggest year was 2017, and I think we did maybe six or seven. Damn, in a year, and yeah, I wanted to ask: Is there any memories like since since we all have been in quarantine and haven't been able to go on tour yeah. or like anything? Are there any memories that you think about like? kind of like they just keep popping up in your head from touring that you miss or anything. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but no, I mean, 
I've said this to people who, you know, I'll come home and talk to my friends who don't tour or whatever. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. it is literally like now that I've done it, it's like the epicenter of my life. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I, it is mm -hmm. like what I want to do, whether it gets me recognition, whatever. I just love being gone, you know? Yeah. So, um, I could literally pick out moments from every single tour that it's like, I'll never forget, you know? And, um, I mean, first and foremost, just traveling and meeting different people and doing all that kind of stuff. You know, you hear everybody talk about it. It's nice. Yeah. You know, whatever. But yeah. the personal experiences, you know, especially touring with friends, like we've toured with you guys and then we've toured with shame and, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And having, being able to share that while you're away is yeah. really important to me. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's so many things that I could like think about. I mean, even on our tour alone that, you know, I would fucking like literally be alone, just like dying laughing about, Yeah, you know what I mean? Or like yeah. shit, like, you know, cause I know that like, I feel like for the most part, like between our bands, like we're all pretty deep people. So like we could have conversations like this without a microphone in the van. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. just shit like that is really fucking important to me. Cause it's like, you know, I'm out here doing the things that I love the most with the people that I love the most, with the bands that I love the most. And it so, sort of feels like, I don't know existential kind of you know mm. what i mean like you're on the edge of like the future and your life moving forward creative creatively musically with your friends mm. and just being able to share something that powerful with somebody or a group of people is fucking amazing and so that's kind of like what it brings to me now like touring isn't always just some like grand existential experience sometimes it, it fucking blows like it, yeah it's gas stations and it's yeah. fucking you get sick on the road or whatever or you tour with a band that fucking which luckily in our case is not well it's never been the case for a sledge but like you, know, you could tour with a shitty band who doesn't right, give a fuck right. about it or like or you, you get know. like multiple flats in a row yeah like, just shitty just things like that happen or whatever it's all kinds of shit could happen yeah it, it's definitely. really if you if you examine the moment like we think back about it and we're just filled with butterflies but if you really dig into the details and go moment to moment, you're like, actually, most of it is is bad. Well, most of it is look at our tour. The very first, like before we even got to the very first show, you lost your phone at oh, that stop. Yeah. Yeah. Like we didn't even, I don't even think we might've been, we might've been out of <laughs> Fuck, the state dude. barely. I think I was actually trying to remember the other day what tour that was. Dude, yeah, and the no, tour was before ours. that left my wallet and damn, that's like, literally okay. a one that's what stop I was, town. I was getting confused because yeah, it happened to well, one other yeah. time. Yeah, no, I mean yeah, like as, as fun as it is, man, like there's such a high level of anxiety the whole time because yeah. it's like shit could go wrong. You could lose stuff. You, you're spending money all the time and yep. you're never, well, maybe not all the time, but like, well, you're moving in something that's burning money too. So yeah, it's fuck like, yeah. So it's where like, you sleep is burning money. Are we even <laughs> like, going to make it to the next gas station? Right, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and then like, you know, starting off a tour the way that we did, it was like, you lost lost your phone and Bad um, I mean Kevin rebroke his foot that's what I was about to tour. say Kevin yeah. broke his fucking foot and like, you drink your piss and like, whatever <laughs> it's, it's crazy it's crazy that wasn't an accident though <laughs> yeah. that was a good memory too though. it was an accident though because I tried to get him on odds I was like well, well the yeah. Odds yeah. you drink your piss yeah okay. no that was a good memory too I actually thought about that the other because I've seen so many of my friends drink piss <laughs> and uh, you're like one of the highlights I just remember it like we're in that fucking <laughs> we're we're underground and uh <laughs> Trey's house. Yeah, that yeah, we old his house. bank. <laughs> yeah, it was like an yeah. old bank and we were yeah. we were fucking underground and I was like, do it. And you're just like <laughs> you know, like whatever. And it was just I think that was the first time I saw one of my friends drink piss, but it was uh 
It was sick. Yeah. It that, that tour was fucking a blast. It was dude. a lot of fun. I didn't want that one to end. No. Fuck no. That one was like close to, was that one two weeks? That that was, yeah. it was like pretty two close. Two and a half weeks. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. Three. 16 days maybe I think it yeah, was. It was like long, that. man. But every Played in fucking, a boxing ring. The boxing ring. Dude, oh, dude. That's, remember, I forgot about dude, that. That was so much fun. I actually talked about that with Sledge the other day. like. When that dude hit me in the back, dude, yeah, with that fucking uh, metal chair, metal chair, yeah, what a dumb fuck, yeah, for real. If he ever sees this, dude, yeah. fuck you. I remember <laughs> for real, honestly. No, but because like afterwards he like apologized, and you were just like, I don't give a fuck. I was like, I don't give a fuck. My shirt, <laughs> yeah, you know what for I mean? real. Like, like, like how how are you? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know. Like, literally, do not apologize to me for being a fucking idiot. Go home <laughs> yeah. and think about some shit. You know what I mean, like. <laughs> You know, and like There's now like it's eight just a funny people story. in the room, and he's just like, "I'm gonna oh, swing a metal chair to yeah, dude." Show. And you like kick the shit out of him or whatever. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, that motherfucker needs to get his ass beat, like whatever, because I was just on fire, dude. I was so pissed. But we played in a fucking boxing ring. Like, if yeah. I didn't get hit with a metal chair, it might not has, uh, it might not have felt complete. Right. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It works that way. Like yeah. the one show that I would get hit with a metal chair is the would show be that we played in the yeah. fucking boxing ring. Would so be it's, okay. it's kind of okay, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, that that was probably the craziest one now I'm thinking about it because we did a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. The beach, fucking that Wait. show that we played and you were like, you were playing Opiate Dreams and you're like, this song is called Chris's Backpack. <laughs> like, and you were, <laughs> Chris, Chris lost odds yeah, and had to wear yeah, that guy yeah, Chris backpack. on Oz too, yeah. where he had to wear his fully packed backpack while we were doing a set. I literally, okay, so like when y'all started the song, I was in the bathroom taking a piss and I literally heard y'all guys like feedback everything and you're like, this song is called Chris's Orange Backpack. And then like I started laughing because I was like, what the fuck are they doing? And I'm like, I'm pissing and then I'm walking up to the front and I'm, Fucking! I almost pissed myself again because I'm laughing so hard. You're like, why is his backpack orange? Like, fucking like, Chris's backpack. Why is he wearing it? Like, and nobody knows why I'm laughing, but like the audience, the fucking oh three people God. that were there, they see me like pissing myself side stage, and they're like laughing at me, laughing at y'all. And I'm like, y'all don't even get it because y'all can't even understand what he's saying. But I know, and it's like, dude, I've never like, I probably top ten like hardest laughs I've ever done. Oh. It's so fucking good dude Great shit yeah i know oh that that the whole tour is fucking blast i feel like sharing the van was also fun oh it like, was great i was kind of yeah. worried about it at first just because like you never know because mm-hmm. like i mean we're all friends but like mm-hmm. put them in a like a van for two weeks how yeah. are we gonna i mean that that, that definitely mean i mean like, we even have a hard time sleeping in the van when there's just four of us like right many yeah. of i have slept on the roof plenty of times right and like so it's a no-brainer that whenever we were doing that, we were like, oh, we're definitely not sleeping in the van. Yeah, like, for sure. But I mean, but as soon just, as we all got in the van, I mean, it was just like, bam. Yeah. Oh, hey, we're fucking friends. You know what yeah. I mean? And so it was like nonstop fun. I mean, we got stressed out every once in a while, sure. But yeah, yeah. it was a great time. Yeah. I've never shared a, ba- a van with another band, like at least on the road. I mean, really? shame and sledge of like tour, or not toured, but, well, we have toured, but... um just done like one-offs to like San Antonio mm-hmm. and back or whatever. That's one thing. But being in a van for two and a half weeks with another band is another thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was good. It was great. Yeah. We we wouldn't have 
I mean, really been able to do it with anyone there's else. Only one, yeah. There's only one other band, which is Fossil Youth, which was kind of the same oh, situation. Yeah. We, yeah. we were friends with them beforehand and like knew them for years. And I think you guys and the Fossil Youth would be the only bands I would feel comfortable with. That's what I'm saying, like, too, is like, I'm not going to just do that with any other right. band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if we're like close and cool and yeah. it can be fun. Known each other for a while. Yeah, then like, sure, you know, whatever. But not within just anybody fuck yeah. that you know yeah people are weirdos yeah, <laughs> yeah you know? then you have to break out your judgment tool <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, there it is again like <laughs> i don't fucking like that guy he's weird <laughs> right? you know? yeah. yeah for sure Man, good shit though yeah I, yeah i hope i mean we we kind of talked about this before we were recording like after covid like when shows come back if there's oh, going to be some yeah. kind of a rebound but you know, I really hope. I mean, I don't have any expectations. Yeah. I don't have any goals mm-hmm. with music. I'm like, I'm just trying to keep on playing. But like, you know, we've got stuff that we just recorded and we're about to release it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I, I don't even know if we're supposed this to. Year. I, I don't know. Yeah, Whatever. Right. Yeah. Like we're, we're trying to release it in some way. And like, I, I mean, I want to go on tour again. I want to play shows again. But mm-hmm. it's also like. Yeah. <laughs> nothing's a guarantee right now yep. and you got to just be thankful for what you got. I mean, I can, I can play guitar alone in my house. That's cool. Mm, Makes yeah, me happy. Right. You know, it's not, it's not the full thing. It never will be, but it's like, I, I can, I can still be that person, but mm-hmm. God, if we could, you know, have a chance to have another like really stacked show, mm-hmm. like even just like before the end of 2021, yeah i mean there's magic to that you know what i mean like even playing in okc or tulsa and just everybody being there yeah yeah and it being a great show and everybody's in good spirits you know what i mean that's heaven on earth for me yeah and so like and between our two bands you know playing shows and you know even one-offs or you know a couple days or a whole tour like always 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 down you know what i mean like it's yeah like are we ever gonna what if we play a show again how lit what if we don't Dude, I don't even know. Like, yeah. dude, what if like, what if quarantine and COVID all that shit lets up and then we get on lockdown again because it rebounds and everything's yeah. crazy. It's, yeah, no, I mean, it's what if we never play a show again? Fuck. What if we have to play shows in with bubbles? The, yeah. In the bubbles, like those bubble moshing. people. I that, that would make moshing so interesting. I would fuck shit up. <laughs> I would fuck it up if I was in a bubble. Dude, stage diving onto other bubbles. <laughs> like you dude. just roll on stage. But like, oh, dude. <laughs> I don't know if I'd like it. Though. No, I wouldn't like it at all. That's like hard you ass music. If you stage dived, you wouldn't be able to touch the ground. You would just be like, if everyone oh, yeah. was packed in, bubble That's to bubble. True. But we would have to, like, we couldn't do that at like 89th Street or something. We'd have to go to like the zoo amphitheater yeah. where it's like plenty of room for chaos. Yeah. You know, in no, bubbles fuck, at least. Fuck the bubbles. We're going into VR. We're putting on the haptic suit. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to do that. Like, I'm going to punch you in the digital jaw. Or fuck Dang. all of that. Let's go get COVID, but rock out. <laughs> Let's not do that. That's but. a real. That's a real idea. Yeah, no, we, dude. I thought about it. It's like, yeah, like playing shows right now is kind of in bad taste, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've I see people do it for whatever fucking reason. But it's like, hey, man, don't do that. But also having the idea of like, you know, like, hey, like if, having a like your way in is like a negative COVID test or like mm-hmm. a vaccination. Yeah, yeah. You know, certificate. We might or whatever. start seeing more of that shit this year. Yeah. Or like if it if it starts mutating or whatever the fuck whatever the fuck happens i'm sure that could be a possibility because there's enough people getting people i know now that are like i got the vaccine yeah and like i'm like oh damn it's becoming more of a reality like yeah yeah for sure and i don't know i mean i would 
feel mostly comfortable about like being at a show where it's like, okay, your entry was, you have to come up with a negative. fresh, yeah. recent, current negative test. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, we're all cool. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause I do that on a much smaller scale with my friends. Right. Kind of. It's like, Hey, right. are you guys all healthy? Yeah. All right, cool. Let's kick it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. See, so you do that. I'll just, I'm just going to use someone else's pee. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know about Gus. We'll never know about him. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, dude. Nice. Well, that was that was a full rip, I think. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on. Do you want to plug? I mean, Sledge recorded an EP, so I'll let you plug that. Yeah. Like, Pitch Black Night without headlights. Spotify, YouTube. Well, maybe not. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Apple Music, Bandcamp, probably all that shit. The Tooth, fucking Omen, Hell all yeah. that. It's good. Sick. All Thanks right. for coming on. It was I love fun. my mom. Thanks everyone for listening. Later. Later. Later.